Yaya Diaby, Yasir Abdullah, and Keetra Clark are going to surprise a lot of people in the NFL. We'll talk about why on today's episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pinch. Joining me today, my good friend, um, frequent guest of the show now, um, football recruiting analyst of the state of Louisville.com, Grant Mulligan. Grant, what's going on, man? Great to be here as always, Dalton. Thanks for bringing me on. Of course, of course, man. Um, I told you all that I would have him back to discuss the results of the NFL draft. We're going to do that now. Um, unfortunately, there was a little bit of delay in schedule. I was traveling here and there. Um, but nonetheless, we're back. First up, uh, the first Cardinal taken, Grant Yaya Diaby, a player that you thought was going to go higher than maybe it was um, previously thought was going to happen. He ends up going in the third round. To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what are your overall thoughts on this selection for Tampa Bay? What kind of a player are they getting in Yaya Diaby? I think it was a great pick in the third round for them. And as we talked about in the show prior, I believe we discussed in the show prior, I thought that it was very real possibility that Yaya was going to end up being a day two pick. Now, ended up in, in the third round. Great for him. He absolutely deserved the climb. He's a great character guy. He obviously tested off the charts. Uh, I think one of the things that teams were maybe a little concerned about was that he was a bit of a late bloomer from a production standpoint. But the work ethic was always there. He was persistent. Uh, he even said on, on one of the State of Louisville podcasts that one of the biggest things that he had to get better at was finishing plays, which was one of his struggles early. He was disruptive, but he just wasn't getting back in the backfield and and making the tackle for loss of the sack that he was capable of making. You saw what happened when he was able to put it together his senior season and and work on his game. He's got a great work ethic. He's got great motor, physical intangibles, um, everything that you would want. for that defense and I think it's a great situation for him because he gets to go into a, a defensive line group that's got some pretty good veterans that he'll be able to, to lean on and learn from such as Shaq Barrett um, he's got a guy to take off the pressure off the middle and Vita Vea uh, you know Kalijah Cansey just went to Tampa Bay mm. got um, Joe Tryon um, if I pronounce his name correctly, if I didn't, I'm sorry. Sorry to the guy, former first round pick of theirs. So they've got some good depth on that defensive line. Some guys he'll be able to learn from and and mold after. Uh, And he's got some help whenever he does get in. I think he might slot in immediately as like a third or fourth rusher. He should look to see snaps early. That's why you take a guy that early, but I'm excited about the spot for him. I do think that this is a, a this is a nice spot, especially with the scheme in place. I do want to ask you though, with the scheme, sort of like the one that he played at Louisville with that three four base package. Um, do you think that he sort of translates to playing that same role he did in college? Is he going? Do you see an instance to where he's ever like on the line through the? through the majority of the snaps in a sequence, or is he more of kind of a, a outside weak side linebacker? I think whatever role they have him in, he's going to be a rush 
player. He he luckily offers that flexibility in which he's played that three four end role, so he can kick inside or he can make some dis- some disruption on the interior. Luckily, the state of that defensive line doesn't seem like it's going to have to ask him to do that, and I think he could probably fluctuate between um, a, a down lineman and even he could he could be or perhaps a stand-up outside rusher, I think his best role is always going to be getting after the quarterback or setting the the edge right. against the run. Uh, I think that he landed in a defense with a creative defensive head coach who's going to be able to use him in multiple packages, whatever is going to help him get at the quarterback the best. But I think that his, his versatility and what he's played in the past is going to allow him to be able to be moved along the line. Um, but to, to really answer your question, I think his best role, he might be ending up a, a stand-up rusher, but he'll be on the line somewhere and he'll be getting after the quarterback. Just looking at the body of work from this past season, I feel like he really helped his draft stock. Number one, he showed he could stay healthy. Absolutely. Uh, number two, I think that the production was there. Um, in a defense, obviously, with Yasir Abdullah, um, you know, these two were one of the most lethal tandems in all of the conference. You feel like when you look at a player like Yaya Diaby, um, you know, 14 tackles for loss, nine sacks on the season, 37 total tackles, four quarterback hurries, two recovered fumbles, third team all ACC. Um, I saw somewhere where there were some scouts questioning why Yaya Diaby wasn't, you know, thought of as an elite NFL prospect. And it kind of made me wonder what, what is your opinion as to why Diaby, you know, wasn't, you know, it seems like he's got the statistics to back it up, but obviously it's about progression. What is it that, you know, might hinder his or may have hindered his draft stock coming into this draft? Like I said, in, in the beginning, the production really didn't come on in full force until his last year. Uh, and I mean, it took him some some time to really grow into that role. And for some NFL teams, they worry if that's going to be his peak. Yeah, if, if it took him that long to, to flourish and he didn't exactly have the production immediately. Now, and there's also the, he's not, the biggest he's not the tallest some might seem a bit as a tweener as he is in that you know 6'3 260 plus range that kind of makes it hard to determine well is he a true hand in the dirt and edge because he can he play some in the inside do you have to kick him outside to a stand-up rush roll so he kind of falls in that in that in between in terms of body typing but Obviously, none of them scared him off too much to to not make him a, a day three pick. One of the things that I I feel like Indianapolis was really good for him because I can see a guy like that interviewing really well with teams, not just the athletic testing, which obviously he was a superstar uh, at the combine in terms of in terms of actual testing, but the work ethic has really paid off for him, um, and it it led you know he could have continued to be a, a three sack guy. being disruptive but not finishing plays, but he challenged himself and he challenged others on that defense to better themselves. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a great player. I definitely agree there. I mean, I think that there's a reason why Bruce Feldman had him on one of the, I think it was the freaks list. The freaks list, Before the season. Um, I I think that, you know, he is a guy that, I mean, the physical um, measurements stand out obviously the testing helps as well um i personally think he's going to be one of those players that you look at you know a couple years down the line and it's like why was this guy a 
third round pick. And, and I don't want to say that because I'm a Louisville fan and I cover the team and I hate, you know, this whole notion of, oh, every former Louisville player is going to be a sleeper in the draft and every recruit that Louisville gets is a diamond in the rough. I know that that's not reality, but when I watch when I watch Yaya Diaby play, like I truly get, you know, those vibes. Obviously scheme fits. And going to this defense, a defense that has the veterans, especially on that defensive line like Vita Vea, um, the veterans in the linebacking core. Um, and then also I think the scheme itself, being in that 3-4 to where he doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional defensive end, but more so a weak side linebacker hybrid to where you know he can be a, a situational pass rusher. What do you think Yaya's ceiling is in the NFL? I think his ceiling is is absolutely going to be a double digit sack guy. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the the Nick Bosa or, or TJ Watt where he's getting 15, 16, 17, 18 sacks per right. year, but I think he's going to be a really solid contributor. He's a guy who you can really count on to get out there and pass rush situations and a really good year for him is going to look like 10 sacks, maybe 11 sacks. Um, and I think if he's really finds his footing at the next level, his floor is going to look something like five sacks to six sacks, which is if you get that out of a, a rotational edge rusher, you've got a successful piece. So I think a, a high level player, not sure if not sure if it's an all pro world beater depoy player, but I think his ceiling could absolutely be a very stout presence and a long term fixture on a defensive line. I think his physical uh, measurements and, you know, his size mixed with his speed and athleticism, I think it raises for a little bit. Um, I think, you know, you don't have to worry about him adding on to his frame to get him to that spot. He's kind of there now. It's honestly a question of what's the ceiling here. I think if he ends up being a five, six sack player throughout his career, I mean, that's that's a rotational guy. That's a secondary pass rusher, potentially. That's a guy who's going to get a pretty decent second contract, wherever that may be. So that would definitely be a success. But I want to take this time now to talk about another guy with absolutely outstanding physical measurements as well. Yasir Abdullah went in the fifth round. We'll talk about um, Abdullah here in just a moment after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Um, a lot of great things going on at FanDuel from promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app and you can cash out and get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Heading on into the second segment of the show with my good friend Grant Mulligan. Grant, we're talking about the NBA draft. Or NBA draft. No, we're not talking about the NBA draft. We're talking about the NFL draft. I was making sure you're on your toes. Um, Yasir Abdullah going in the fifth round, also going into the Sunshine State. The Jacksonville Jaguars going back to his home state. Um, he joins a defense that has a ton of exciting pieces on it already. Uh, fifth round, 136th overall. Uh, just like for Yaya Diaby, just briefly talk about why you do or do not like the fit i i like 
him getting the opportunity to be in a defense that is going to allow him to align at, at multiple spots and uh, just in the, in the sense of Yaya as well, having some veteran presences on that line to help him along with his development, as much as I hate to say it with him being from the other school up 64, Josh Allen on that defensive line is a guy who I think that uh, could really lend himself to, to helping in Yasir's game and being a veteran presence and, and allowing him to elevate himself even further. But I think his his impact with the Jaguars will probably start on special teams. But a guy with, with his work ethic is, is not going to stay there forever. But with that being in his repertoire and something that he could very easily make a name for himself in, I could see him sticking in the NFL possibly longer than, than any of the other draftees that we had this season. I agree there. Um, I think his ceiling, in my opinion, is probably the highest out of the draft class because of, you know, what he's been able to do as a pass rusher. Um, ultimately, I'll be honest with you, Grant, I think he, and I said this multiple times, I think he was legitimately one of the most underappreciated and unheralded defensive players across the country this past Absolutely. season. What he did uh, didn't get a lot of really hype at all. From across the nation. I mean, I feel like he sort of got his flowers in ACC play, but not really. He kind of got snubbed for ACC Defensive Player of the Year. No disrespect to Kalaja Kansi, but the stats don't lie. The numbers don't lie there. Um, defensively, looking at the fit, uh, this is an interesting one because, uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jacksonville utilizes that 3 4 defense. So, a defense that uh, Yasir is pretty much used to, but as of right now, they have him listed as the outside linebacker. I will say, I think that there is some uh, definite um, competition at that spot for Yasir because you have guys like Josh Allen, uh, you have Trayvon Walker, Caleb on Chase on Alukan, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma. There's so many different names to talk about in that linebacking core. Um, you know, I, I think that Yasir is extremely talented, but I wonder, is this a year where we're going to see him mainly on special teams as he kind of makes his way up the depth chart? Because there's a lot of players ahead of him at this point in time. Um, I think that that's absolutely something to question year one, and I, I thought that that would be the He's case. He's a fifth-round pick, though, so it would yeah. it, it's it's to be expected. Yes. Uh, you you know, with a guy like that, if he can turn into a special teams ace, then you're happy with the pick, right? But he offers right. an upside that is so much more than just a special teams ace where I feel like he can make an impact on the team day one. Maybe he can come in late in the season once he'd had a chance to prove himself or add more to his game where he can come in this as, as a rotational rusher should the opportunity. He was really up. good on special teams early on in his he was. career. That's, That's why how, I have. Yes. Yeah. That's why I have no doubt about his ability to stick in the league because he is the kind of guy who takes that responsibility seriously. Like he really wants to get out there and make the most of whatever opportunity is out there on the field for him, whether it's special teams, whether it's a pure pass rusher, whether they ask him to move inside and cover. He is going to work hard to be great at what he, whatever they ask him to do. So I'm, I'm very happy for him, and I think you'll see him on special teams, but hopefully we'll get to see him crack that rotation sooner than later. And I'm going to tread lightly here because I don't remember the exact quote, but um, his dad, Xavier, a uh, mm. good friend of both the Locked on Louisville podcast and from the Pink Seats pod, great guy. Uh, love that family. Uh, mm -hmm. 
him and his mom and his dad. Um, but I remember his dad saying something along the lines of, you know, Yasir filled every need that Louisville needed him to play, but it didn't necessarily highlight the versatility of the type of player that he could be potentially as a linebacker. And I think that that's interesting because, I mean, I think that he's obviously transformed his body to the point to where, you know, he could be that, uh, you know, weak side, you know, linebacker rushing the passer. But do you think that there's any possibility that, you know, we see him in other situations to where maybe the defensive scheme tries to use him in more of a, maybe a coverage type situation or is he more of a kind of a, Hey, you're going to stick to pass rushing and that's it. No, I don't think it's outlandish at all to, to think of him as possibly being moved to a stand-up coverage position. He has the athletic traits. He's shown it in the limited opportunities he's had in coverage. He's made splash plays. I Excuse me for forgetting the, the game offhand, but he had two interceptions in one game in which he had legitimate cover drops. It wasn't just him picking one off at Pittsburgh. the line against Pittsburgh, where he followed the— He was downfield, bro. He was, bro. Down he was at the goal line. It was like 30 yards downfield. And he stay, he was stuck with him the entire time. He stayed in phase. Yep. So that's what gives me a lot of hope that whatever they need him to do, just like at Louisville, whatever they need him to do, he's going to be up to the task. He's He has the repertoire. He has the athletic traits. And honestly, given his physical profile, stand-up may be better for him while also giving him, giving him the opportunity to blitz and, and show that pass rush skill in, in a different way. But, you know, being... Part of why is draft stocks slid, you know, granted he had better production than, than Yaya, but you know, the elephant in the room is that he's not the biggest. He's not the tallest. It, a lot of, I've had people say that if you see Abdullah was two or three inches taller then he would be a first round pick. And I think there's definitely some merit to that. You know, he doesn't have the same size profile as guys who are pure rushers. So that gave some teams hesitancy, but I think he's put enough out there on tape that should make a team confident and the Jaguars look smart for picking him and they can move him to whatever role they feel most comfortable, but he's going to stick somewhere. Kind of looking at outside linebackers as it pertains to the position, because when you say outside linebacker, it doesn't necessarily mean a type of player that does one thing, right? Um, especially depending on schemes. And I'm looking at, you know, kind of who maybe Abdullah should kind of model his I guess, playing style after. And one player that I kind of keep coming back to is Roquan Smith um, with obviously now the Baltimore Ravens, but formerly of what the Chicago Bears was that where Roquan came, um, you know, predominantly a pass rusher, but has also shown the versatility to where he's solid in the run, but in certain situations can drop back and defend through the, through the air as well. Obviously, might not necessarily end up as good as Roquan Smith. I'm not saying that he's going to turn into Roquan Smith, but every time I watch Yasir, I think I kind of see them side by side and think, he reminds me a lot of Roquan Smith as well. I can definitely see some of that in, in his game. A, a player who, and this is a very lofty one, but I think that there's some degree of Hassan Reddick to him. Uh, you know, he came out and I he's like come that. in. Yeah. 
you know, obviously mm-hmm. he's had some serious impact for the Eagles. But if you remember back very early in his career, back when he was with Arizona, you know, they had him pegged as an, as an off-ball linebacker, and it took him a while to really start to hit his stride. He didn't really click there. You know, he came to Carolina. He really started to take off as a player. And then he signed that big contract with the Eagles, and he showed them why they're right. It took a minute, but their style of play – give me a lot more a lot more similarities and that they can both play that that off ball role and they can both pass rush and it could be an inverse situation where he starts as a pass rusher but moves moves out to an an off ball linebacker and that works better for him but i think it's it's one of those where you got to find which one works better for the player but i think the pass rush upside should it be should that be where he fits best? I think we could we could get something in that realm. Again, very lofty expectation. Obviously, Hassan Reddick was a very productive player, cool. um, but I'm thinking there's there's some similarities in the game uh, in terms of Yasir and Hassan Reddick. Sure, I definitely agree there. I want to take this time now to talk about the other Louisville Cardinals that, that was drafted. Uh, Keytrell Clark went to the Arizona Cardinals in the sixth round. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. I want to thank you all first for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Going on into the final segment of the show, Grant Mulligan on this episode of the show discussing the NFL draft, the final Louisville Cardinal that went in the draft, Kittrell Clark, sixth round to Arizona. I think this is possibly the maybe the best fit for any of the three drafted. And what I mean by that is the opportunity to get early playing time. Yes. Because if you look at Arizona secondary was very rough and there's rumors that Buda Baker's not happy. You look at the cornerbacks, Rashad Fenton and Marco Wilson are the starting cornerbacks. But after that, Garrett Williams, um, a guy that they just took in the draft from uh, Syracuse in the third round, um, so on and so forth. It seems like there's going to be an interesting situation where we could see Keytrail Clark playing maybe sparingly in year one. I think it's given the lack of depth at the Arizona secondary, especially after losing their top coverage player in Byron Murphy uh, and, and Garrett Williams, while a very talented player. And I think he has a lot of upside in this league is coming off a torn ACL. You know, he, he may mm-hmm. not be a hundred percent by the time week one. I hope that he is again. I think highly of him as a player, uh, but this could be, like you said, this could be the situation that Cottrell sees the best chance of having early playing time. He has a more linear path to it than either Yaya or Yasir do. But you also wonder about what kind of development he can get just strictly from that room. You know, th- there's not a lot of established veterans. Of course, you got Buda Baker, but there's the trade rumors and, and what yeah. what may unfold there is that he may be thrust into a situation. I just don't want to see him put in a position to fail early on, which would lead to, to them losing confidence in him or exactly. you know, him losing confidence. The fun line. Exactly. But he does have an opportunity to, to command a, a role mm-hmm at the very least on special teams and a rotational guy very early in his career. And I think that he has the opportunity to take full advantage of that. Again, I just, I worry about what the room looks like and, and what the team is going to be like around. Him. What, what the guidance is yes. like veteran wise at the position. Do you uh, put it this way, Grant? I thought that in 2021, before he got hurt, that Kittrell Clark was bound to be a day two NFL draft pick, despite the size limitations there. I thought he was that good. This past season, 
had some moments where, I mean, I think cornerbacks are going to get beat every now and again. Right. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, what do you think about the whole narrative that he's too small of a cornerback? And do you think that they that may lead to NFL defensive coordinators trying him out in the slot rather than as a boundary cornerback? You know who doesn't think he's too small? Cottrell Clark. Cottrell Clark is – he plays like <laughs> – Dalton Pence doesn't think he's too small. No. Uh, Grant Mulligan doesn't think he's too small. Cottrell Clark doesn't <laughs> think he's too small. No, he's a, he's a guy who plays with a ton of confidence. And it's one thing that I always really respected about his game. It's because despite being a smaller player, he was unafraid completely of going toe-to-toe with the big guys and having success. You know, early in his career, he was getting pass breakups against tight ends or more sizable receivers. And he gets in some some real physical contested situations and comes out the winner despite his size. Now, granted, at the NFL level, that's going to be tested a lot more. And probably, given his skill set and physical capability or physical attributes he may be better off in the slot but he's not a guy who is small and plays small he's a smaller guy who plays big he's got a lot of confidence in himself he's not afraid at the catch point he doesn't panic he he goes in there knowing what his talent level is and and what he can bring and if he loses he loses which could happen to anybody but it's not going to be because of lack of confidence or for not playing up to it i got a lot of respect for for the human being that is control clark and I, I really hope he, he gets his chance to shine in Arizona. I was blown away by, um, by that confidence at um, Louisville Football Media Day two years ago. And, and maybe blown away is, is not the right choice, but I, I think sort of um, – I don't even know how I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say. Um, I was – you know, like I respected the – and I'm not saying that players don't have confidence, you know, so have so control having confidence was odd. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I was just kind of, you know, even with Cottrell being as good of a player as he was, you know, he was still like very hesitant to take any personal credit, um, hesitant to say, you know, accept his flowers despite having that confidence he shows that you know he wasn't necessarily um you know content with where he was and knew that there was room for for progress and and obviously that hunger there as well and um you know he was one of my favorite interviews you know when i was on the cardinal sports on football beat so i definitely understand that um great great having you on as always um Obviously, I told you all this episode was coming, so I'm glad that we could put this into motion. But talked about why Yasir Abdullah, Yaya Diaby, Keitra Clark are primed to get a lot of people surprised or to have a lot of people surprised, um, you know, coming out of the NFL draft. But um, to find my work, to find Grant's work, obviously, our Twitter handles are in the graphic below. Uh, be sure to check Grant's work out at thestateofwobble.com. All the great people over there. Uh, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.